If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I will be damned if the same politicians who refused to act then are going to try to come back today. The real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. A system of justice will be the richer for diversity of background and experience. And correction. Hello, everybody. It's me, Ms. Cracker. I'm here with my co-pilot, Caitlin, who just came back from Pilates because her life is goals. And it's time for She's a Woman. It's a podcast for every human being who looks into the mirror and says she's a woman. And for the people who love them. Every week, we talk to incredible women of all kinds from all walks of life and invite them to share their stories with you, our incredible listeners. And that's exactly what we're going to do today, Crate Face. Um, do you like that nickname? Yeah, it's a new one. Add it to the list. Crate you know? Face, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, today, Caitlin, I wanted to talk about something that I think a lot of people are facing right now, which is that we're in this very sad, weird transition point where we're like feeling like we're almost out of the pandemic, but at the same time, it's hard to make any plans because of the Delta variant. And those two things together, like coming out of nothing, possibly going into nothing, can be very depressing. How are you feeling? Feeling very depressed lately. Yeah, I'm feeling very depressed lately too. I like get up in the morning and I do what Aisha Bo said, and I make myself a little breakfast Mm-hmm. I take a shower, I brush my teeth, I get my day going, but uh, I still feel like I'm plodding through, you know? I don't know if it's true for you, but for me, I feel like when I get to the bottom of a flight of stairs, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to take these stairs. Yeah. You mean when you're like going up? But yeah. You have to go up? yeah. Or down, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird times because it feels like we have a lot to do and also nothing. But it also looking around, it seems like everybody but us has started touring. Right. Again. Yeah. And we're still here. And we're still sitting here. Yeah. But listen, what I'm going to tell you 
And what I'm going to tell our listeners is that things are going to change and they may not be for the better, but we're not going to be stuck in this situation forever. Things are always transforming. So I'm going to do what Jujubee says and just hold on and wait for them to improve because there can be downswings and upswings, and we certainly deserve an upswing right now. We really do. So, Caitlin, I'm encouraging you. I'm telling you, we're going to plod through this difficult part. And audience, you're going to plod through this difficult part, too. And we're going to make it to a better time. We're just going to hold on. Okay. I promise, Caitlin. Oh, yeah, you seem very optimistic today. I feel very optimistic (laughs) right now, now that I have my delicious iced Iced coffee. coffee. (laughs) Anyway, I want to dive right into our interview which is the meat of our podcast, <laughs> not the potatoes. This, this current part yeah. is the potatoes. Yeah, this is the potatoes, and the meat is our interview. But first, before we do that, I have a little treat for you that I think you're going to enjoy. Every week, we do a little segment called Here's the Good News, where we share positive stories torn from the headlines. The idea is that they'll bring you, our listeners, a little hope during these continuously difficult times, And this week, our news is all about your favorite topic, Crates. What's my favorite topic? Dogs? Yeah. Oh, it's a dog news? It's dog news. Uh And you, actually, as our intrepid producer, you were the one that sent me this story, and it's a really good one. Anybody who knows this podcast knows that we are huge fans of dogs, Mm -hmm. but very often we talk about dogs getting rescued or rescuing other dogs. But today, we're going to turn that on its head. We're going to talk about dogs rescuing people. Yeah, because we would be dead without them. We would be dead without dogs, Caitlin. <laughs> and especially these people would be dead without dogs. <laughs> so here's the good news, directly from the serious groundbreaking media source, People Magazine. Okay? <laughs> According to People Magazine, three Labrador retrievers are being hailed as heroes for helping save a group of bathers off an Italian beach. On Sunday, the trio of canines, Eros... Mira and Maya came to the rescue of 14 people, <gasps> Caitlin. 14? I didn't realize yeah. it was that many. Yeah, oh my gosh. 14 people. And those people were struggling about 330 feet off of shore. And uh, apparently, according to Roberto Gasberi, the head of Italian Rescue Dog School, SICS's Center South Department, the group of people got in trouble after their inflatables, dinghies, and other equipment struggled to stay afloat in high winds and strong waves. Eight children between the ages of 6 and 12 were among those swept out to sea. And a family member in the group called for help. Three three SICS dog units responded and arrived at the scene promptly. Oh my gosh. On their four fur paws. Yeah. It took approximately, get this, 15 minutes for the Labradors to bring the group safely back to shore. Isn't that amazing? That's fast. Yeah. 15 minutes for 14 people? Yeah. That's like one every minute. Yeah. That's like... They're very talented. They're very talented dogs. (laughs) And they're very strong. Yeah. So there are eight children. Uh Uh-huh. And that means there were six adults. Wow. Eight children and six adults that the dogs saved. They saved all of them. Yeah. What good dogs. They're very good dogs. (laughs) So if there's any doubt among our listeners that dogs truly are our best friends, then let yeah. this let this news dispel that idea forever. Wow, and labs are such great uh, swimmers. Actually, it's yeah. interesting that you bring that up because they said that they use labs because they have little webbed feet. 
Yeah. That make oh them gosh, especially strong so at swimming. So they're looking at those people struggling and they're like, Pfft, I got yeah. this. <laughs> I've webbed feet. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I imagine goes is going through the Labrador's heads, heads you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you think they get like a big bone afterwards? A nice treat? I hope they do. And they're like from their I don't know, rescue owners. Yeah, they're I like, know. Here, good job today rescuing those people. Here's a bone. If they don't get a bone, they get <laughs> at least they get hailed as heroes. That's true. So. It's true. And they don't even know. I don't know if this news has any far-reaching impact in the world. <laughs> but I know that it makes me I really mean, happy. It's still good news. It's, it's still yeah, really those, good news. All those news. people are alive now. Yeah. All those people are alive. 14 people, Caitlin. That's crazy. In 15 minutes. I wonder if they like brought the people in with their teeth or if the people held on to the dogs and the dogs were swimming or what? I'm going to need some to video up. footage. I know. I'm like, did anyone take any video footage? You yeah. know that. That's what I would have been doing. Wait. Okay. While we're on the line, rescue dogs Italy. Oh my God. Just watch that dog jump off a boat and swim. Oh, this Looking is... at their webbed paws and their musculature and everything about them. And then you just say, my gosh, this dog was built for the water. Oh, oh my, god. my god! Oh, look at him! Newfoundland dogs that can traditionally have jumped out of ships to save swimmers in distress and today are being used by humans like Ferruccio to save lives in Italy. Okay, so we just learned that they people hold on to the dogs. The dogs have a little vest and the dogs swim them in. Yeah. Well, anyway, if that didn't bring warmth to your heart, then I don't know what will. So, having said that, it's time to take a little break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we're back. Now, before we continue, let me say this. If you enjoy your time with us today, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We love reviews. In fact, we love them so much, we're going to read some of our favorite reviews right at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. But now, Caitlin, it's time for the meat of our show. It's time for the interview. And I'm, like, as always, very excited about our guest today. Let's talk a little bit. Do you remember who, which one of us discovered Caitlin Riley? I think it was me, because the first way that you found out about her is from the Nicole Kidman one. That's right. And um, I think me and our friend Izzy, like, sent it to you or something. Yeah. And that's how it got started. Yeah, that was the first one that I think I sent to you, and you were like, what is this? And now, all the time, you say, Keith the singer. Keith the singer. Yeah, she has this, like, amazing impression of Nicole Kidman in (laughs) The Undoing, and Uh. it just is so spot on. So I just, like, became obsessed with her from that point because I'm obsessed with Nicole Kidman, and all things connected to Nicole Kidman interest me. And I just started watching her Instagram stories and posts, and she does all this really hilarious comedy about like waspy moms and spoiled kids and pop stars and stuff like that and influencers 
But the reason that I really think that she's great for this podcast is she does a lot of parodies of women in movies. And she sort of shows how women are often given shallow, two-dimensional roles in films. And it's kind of amazing how she's able to pick out the lines that women are given and just make them... You're like, oh my God, I've heard a woman have to say that in a movie so many times. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited to talk to her. Apparently, we discovered her just as she was becoming a TikTok sensation Mm -hmm. over the pandemic. So... Let's dive in. Everybody, as Pop Sugar puts it, if you take a scroll through TikTok's For You page on any given day, you'll likely encounter footage of Caitlin Riley doing what she does best, impersonating people you love to hate. The 31-year-old actress, catap- not to out you. How dare you? The actress. <laughs> The actress catapulted herself into the TikTok spotlight in 2020, our favorite year, attracting nearly 2 million followers who can't get enough of the painfully accurate and oddly specific characters that she creates. She attracted the attention of this podcast because she is not only hilarious, but her parodies sometimes have an important point. They often critique how women are portrayed in film and television and we love that. So, Caitlin, we are such huge fans. Where are you? How are you? What are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored to be here. I am sitting in my kitchen in front of my computer with full hair and makeup because I thought we were doing a video. Oh, my um, God. But you know what? You know, what's funny. I'm just I'm going to go shopping later and I'm going to look great. Now that we're teetering on the edge of things getting back to normal a little bit, how are you feeling? Are you feeling excited? I'm really excited for things to get back to normal. I mean, obviously, recently, I've been super vocal on my social media about vaccine awareness. So I Mm -hmm. think when people get vaccinated, that's a good thing. So I feel like that's only going to happen if we all just sort of band together. But, you know, I mean, think things are more normal this year than they were last year. And I'm excited to see people again. I'm still being care- careful because of the Delta variants. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just want to, I just want to like get out there and, and see people and do shows and work and and all this stuff that we haven't really been able to do the last year and a half. And we're going to talk a lot about your last year and a half a little bit later. But first, I want to give people a little bit of background on you. Um, I would suggest that if you're listening to this, check out Caitlin Riley on Instagram. We're going to put her Instagram handle and everything on our She's a Woman podcast, Instagram, and on Miss Cracker. Um but have a look at that and and get a little context because Caitlin does these amazing impressions of all these different actresses, which is how I found you. I found you through your <laughs> Im, uh, impersonation of Nicole Kidman refusing to do the opening song for The Undoing. And oh, my God. Literally. I've, yeah. I, so here's the thing. I'm always so self-conscious. Of, it's like, oh, I don't want to make fun of an actor because like, what if I meet them one day? Or <laughs> like, what if, you know what I mean? But it's like, she's such an entity. And 
I mean, I mean, for example, like Chloe Feynman on SNL does the most incredible Nicole Kidman impression that I've ever seen. Yes. But when I was watching the undoing, like every single time in the opening credits, I was like, what is this song? <laughs> like, what right. Is I know. On? I appreciated it. And the reason it was sent to me is because I am a Nicole Kidman stan. Me too. And so I thought it was, I thought it was a great way to like poke fun at Nicole Kidman, but also celebrate, <laughs> to celebrate her. So I think you nailed it. Um, yeah. And ever since then, I've been following you. But I want to dip back a little bit and hear a little bit about your story. What were you like when you were young? I understand you're an LA native and yeah. that your father was a soap opera icon, John Riley. Yes. So I wanted to know what was the Riley household like? It was nuts. I mean, I had a relatively normal childhood, I guess for me, you know, I grew up in LA, so that's all I really know. Like I'm very much a city kid. You know, my, my dad was an actor, but he also retired after a certain point and it didn't like feel, I didn't feel like my dad was this like special famous entity. Like he was just dad who went to work from 7am to 7pm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, I come from a crazy, loud, very liberal, wild family. I'm the youngest of five daughters. I have two half sisters on my mom's side from her first marriage, two half sisters on my dad's side from his first marriage. So it's like the Brady Bunch. And then, yeah. and then they had me. But yeah, I was the baby and I was painfully shy and quiet as a child. And then over time, I started to come into my own obsessed with theater in high school, hated every second of high school. I was a terrible student, went to a theater arts college, graduated, struggled as an actor for 10 years. And now I'm here having this conversation with you. <laughs> so that's kind of my life story. I understand that you like wanted your parents to pull you out of school when you were like 10 so that you yeah. could be a child star. Can, yes. like, was that when you were starting to come out of your shell a little bit? Yeah. So it's weird because like I was so outgoing and I would always perform for my family and like mm -hmm. my family would have all these dinner parties and these big birthday parties or holiday parties. And, and it was like my time to perform. But when I was at school, I was like really, really shy and anxious and self-conscious and even from an early age, I was like, school's not for me. Like, I just don't want to be in school. Like I meant for something bigger. And yes. <laughs> I begged my parents to take me out of school and I could start acting. And they're like, that's crazy. We're not going to do that. And also, I mean, it's like, you know, 98% of the people that, you know, try to have a career in entertainment don't have one. I hear yeah. a lot of people in LA are interested in um, film yeah. and theater. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> There's about 9 million blonde white women in LA that are trying to do exactly what I'm doing, which is strange because uh, I thought I was the only one. But yeah. So no, I just, I, I, I hated school and I, I also like gravitated towards comedy at a super early age. Like when I was six, my parents had these old uh, Johnny Carson tapes from his talk show. And I would obsessively watch those. I was obsessed with Johnny Carson and, 
you know, my parents like let me watch mad TV when I was eight. Like I would stay up until like 11 o'clock and watch mad TV. Cause I was obsessed with that show. So I, I, it wasn't a surprise that I like ended up gravitating towards it when I graduated from college. Cause in college, I thought I was like a serious actress. Like I wanted to only do serious things, but I kept getting cast in comedies and it kept mm-hmm. upsetting me. It's like, no, I need to be taken seriously, but I guess, I guess they saw what I didn't at the time. So, Yeah. It's funny. Cause the next question that I had written down was, did you ever think you were going to be a comedian? And I guess that was, that vision was in there early, but you sort of denied it. Was there something yeah. that you got out of the theater arts conservatory, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts? Oh, like, yeah. was there something that you got out of that, that journey that you're, that you're glad you went through? Yeah. I mean, I, it's weird. I had no idea who I was as a person, as an actor, as like a creative person. Um, And once I was there, like I realized, oh, I'm, I'm funny. I gravitate towards this. And I sort of cultivated my strengths from there because before it was like, oh God, well, as long as I know how to pry on command, I'll get a job. Like, that's all I knew. And also, you know, my dad being an actor, like I was always so shy. So whenever he would want to talk to me about it or he would want to see me, he's like, well, why don't like I have all these plays? Why don't we do a scene? I'd be like, no, dad is so embarrassing. Stop. Like I was so I was so terrified to like put myself out there and being at that school felt like this safe space to like work things out, try things out, figure out like who you are as an actor, like what, like how you want to tell stories and what stories you want to tell. I hate it when actors say that where it's like, I'm a storyteller, but (laughs) yeah, it's kind of true. Yeah. No, I loved going there. I felt like I had found like the circus I so badly wanted to be a part of. This is what I want to know. Did you hone your razor sharp observations of acting students during that time? Because you have some really great acting class parodies. Was that from that or was that from your hustling and auditioning years later? It's more, I think it's more from the hustling and auditioning because at the school, like, it's like, we were all on the same level playing field. Like we're all like, just trying to figure out our scenes and make it work. But I I cannot tell you how many horrible acting classes I have been to like deep in Burbank or at some shitty theater off of Hollywood Boulevard, where you're just sitting there and you're like, where am I? What have I decided to do with my life? Who are these people? What is this teacher? Like it's, it's, it's this very strange world that I just like would end up not taking in anything in or listening. I would just watch people exist. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of crazy people in Los Angeles who want to be actors. It's a, there's a lot of wild people out here. So I do want to talk about the amazing stuff you've done over the past year and everything. But I want to talk about, for our listeners' sake, the years where you were auditioning and pushing and taking those classes and maybe feeling discouraged and, like you said, wondering what you decided to do with your life. Can you talk about how you persisted in doing all of those things, even when it was, like, really discouraging? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's it's a thankless job in the sense of the hustle. Like, you know, I mean, again, 
I, I, I grew up with my dad being an actor, but there was no part of my journey where I was even allowed an opportunity of nepotism because mm-hmm. it, it, he was in a different field. And by the time I graduated high school or college, like he was very much retired. You know, it's like, it's there, there was no, like we were like two ships passing in the night almost. My dad was 86 when he passed. I mean, he was much older generation. So <laughs> a lot yeah. of stuff had changed, but yeah, I mean, I graduated ADA in in 2011 and I was of the guise of like, oh, I'm good. So it's going to come to me. And Mm -hmm. I didn't for a couple years, I was like, why isn't anything happening? And it's, and it's just so tough. And I, you know, didn't have a real, I didn't have representation. So I like broke my back doing every horrible student film I could find just to get like a clip of myself in one scene in this one thing. And then I like sat in front of my computer for days on end, putting together different kinds of reels. And, you know, then I was, I was like, fuck it. I just want to do comedy. So I started doing groundlings and that has like changed my life. I love that place so much. And yeah. I mean, the actor hustle is hard. At one point I was working like three jobs. I, I mean, like the ridiculous auditions I've gone on, the the ridiculous things people have asked me to do. People have said to me in auditions, like it's, it's crazy the stuff that people go through and it's crazy, like the hustle that you have to put in to even be considered to think about the opportunity. Like it's, it's, it's wild. It's, it was like five, it was like a really long, like five to seven years of me just running in place. I definitely did that in drag for a long time running in Mm -hmm. place. Like Mm -hmm. I had one or two shows that I was trying to live off of. And I did that for a good solid I would say five to seven years of just being like, why isn't this going anywhere? I'm mother, I'm a star, you know, I I deserve the big (laughs) stage. And then like performing on stages that were literally the size of a dining room table. And uh, you know what I mean? Just that. I did, I did a horrible play in North Hollywood at this horrible theater where there one night there were more people in the cast than there were in the audience. Yes. And I was like 23 at the time. And I remember after the show, I went to my car and I like hysterically cried. And I'm just like, why, like, why is this so depressing and awful? And then um, there was one time I was like delivering food. I was doing anything I could to make extra money. And I was delivering food and I had to deliver this like big fancy lunch to a bunch of agents at CAA. Mm -hmm. And so I walk into the fancy CAA agents building and I'm just treated like fucking dirt. And I get in my car and I just had this meltdown of like, here I am 27 years old delivering food to this agency that I would like saw off my left foot to be represented right. by. And yeah. they like called me crystal and didn't tip me. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> fucking ruthless. It's, it's yeah. a terrible, it's a terrible journey. It really is. So ultimately you were doing this hustle. You were working so many jobs. 
But then during this recent lockdown, you started creating a TikTok page and the rest is history, as they would say. But I want to dive into that moment because I think our young listeners need to know about life's pivots. So like what headspace were you in when you created the TikTok? Let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, not going to lie. I was in a really bad headspace. I feel like we all were. And it's so funny because right before lockdown happened, I had taken another job. I I was doing nanny work for a long time and I worked Mm -hmm. with this family who I'm still very close to, to this day. They were like so supportive of my shows, my auditions, like anything I had to do. They were so amazing, but the kids were getting older And I, you know, I wasn't like making enough money. So I took this job as a personal assistant to a real estate agent. And it's, it's, you know, the decade old joke of like, the second you start failing as an actor, you become a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like very much a thing in LA. And uh, I was like, you know what? I, I do have a passion for real estate. I do have a passion for interior design. I need to make some adult, you know, grown up girl money. And yeah. I'm going to stop killing myself over this dream and put it on the shelf because I'm so sick of being poor. Um, yeah. And that's another thing, too. It's like, you know, people that have it really easy where it's like their parents are like fully supporting them or their parents have a lot of connections. I mean, like more power to them, but that's, that, that's a big help. And like, I, I wasn't in a space where my parents were like supporting me at all and I didn't want them to. So it was like really hard. Um, but I got this job and it was awful. Um, and it, it was, it was awful. It was awful. (laughs) I could go into it, but I'm not going to just awful is I think the word that you settled on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was just not me and her did not mesh. And I just felt like I was in a place that I didn't want to be in, but yeah, I, I started just, I, I had had TikTok on my phone and I was like, what is this? Is it just like for teenagers that like to dance? How dumb. And then I found some funny videos and I was like, this is hilarious. And I started putting videos up and so did my other friends as well. And like, it's something that we would talk about in our, in our little like girl group chat. Like, you know, it was this little creative outlet and my video started to take off and at first I was like, oh, cool. I have a video that went viral. Have fun, you know? And then yeah. it kept happening and my follower base, it just everything happened really, really fast over the span of like four to six months. And I mean, it changed my life. It's, it's crazy. I kind of owe the pandemic my, my life right now, my standing, my career, what, you know, wherever I am, it's, it's weird. (laughs) I I never, I never expected something like this to, to happen, especially during that time. What was your first video that really took off? And like, how did that happen? It was the wasp mom video of her FaceTiming her friend while like having a breakdown that was the very first one. And that got like a hundred thousand likes in the span of like three weeks. And I was like, wow, that's people felt that. Yeah. People felt that. And then 
And then I did an, another wasp mom video and that happened again. I was like, man, people really like this lady. And, <laughs> and then I did, um, your coworker over zoom. So I did all three of those back to back and I was just riffing. I was just doing what I felt like doing. And the zoom video went crazy and it like was on the news. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, it was weird. And I think more so it was that one where all of a sudden I, w- I started to get like a lot of like weird, legitimate attention. Um, yeah. And what's so funny is when I was getting all this crazy attention, I was getting messages from people being like, have you ever thought about getting into acting? <laughs> like, <laughs> here I am having struggled for 10 years as an actor. I make a couple viral videos and all of a sudden it's like this random chick should be an actor. It's like, it was so wild. I love when people have uh, career advice for you because mm-hmm. a lot of people approach you with the, I don't know, with this sense that maybe you haven't thought about it. Like you've been sitting and waiting for them, right. for someone to come up with an idea as if you're not sitting in your world trying to think of every possible thing you can do to make your life go forward. People are like, why don't you, they always come up to me and they're like, why don't you create some like viral videos and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that, that's a great idea. Yeah. Why I don't I create some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we, like me, my producer slash manager slash co-pilot, Caitlin, sitting in uh-huh. a studio, stewing, sweating. We didn't think of creating content for the internet. Thank you for right. that great suggestion. I once had an ex-boyfriend and this was in, in the years of my struggle. Um, but we were... Uh, I had an, I had a conversation with my ex-boyfriend where he was like, I just don't understand. Like, why can't you just get an acting job? And I will never forget that because it's like, people don't realize this, but in like any kind of industry where there's like performance of any kind or, or creativeness, like if you're a painter or you're a singer, like it is so hard to get recognition or opportunity of any kind. It's like a shot in the dark. My favorite advice I ever got was from my father who suggested, have you tried Florida? Oh, And I was God. like, I was like, I don't even know what that means. What does that, what, have I tried, have I tried Florida? You know, Caitlin, there's a, there's you a really, Florida? there's a really big market for you in Florida. I gotta <laughs> say, you, you haven't tapped the Florida market. Yeah. <laughs> so then your TikTok started becoming bigger and bigger. And this is something that you talk about a little bit, but I'm particularly curious about it because it's something that I go through. Mm -hmm. There is the pressure to feed the beast all the time. And I mean, personally for myself, I know that I try to only create content at the pace that I'm actually doing things. Right. Um, Like, recording stuff that I'm actually doing and then putting it out there instead of trying to put stuff out there to make it look like I'm doing stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But I was wondering, like, what are your tactics to keep yourself going and to keep yourself from locking down? Um, It's, it's so funny because I used to be like a slave to the algorithm where it's like, Oh, I have to do three videos a week or people are going to not forget about me, but like, I'm going to lose my momentum in my career. Right. Right. Um, 
And then I genuinely just started to get more busy in the sense that like career-wise, like I was having meetings. I, I had, you know, seven auditions a week. I, I had to like make a video for someone who like was paying me to make a video for them. Like I was busy doing fun, exciting things in my career. And I didn't have as much time to make three videos a week of different characters because I didn't have time. Okay. So this is something that you've talked about before also, but you're, you're making me think of it now. You make fun of influencers a lot and you make fun of busy actresses and yes, which and I am especially yeah, but you're becoming. Yeah. yeah. How does that feel? Do you, does it feel different when you're like not only making fun of a character, but you're making fun of yourself at the same time? I feel like a lot of the time I am making fun of myself already. Like mm -hmm. the, the influencer thing. I mean, I, I don't consider myself an influencer and I hope to God others don't either, but if I cause positive influence, great. But all of that actress stuff is one it, that it's just a, a, a massively exaggerated version of myself. Right. Um, like, you know, it's, it's, and I know so many of those girls and we're all the same, you know, I mean, it's, just, but, but, but I think what blows my mind is, you know, the actresses on Instagram that are like super famous, have a massive platform and they go out of their way to be relatable. Mm, it, mm -hmm. it kills me. Cause it's like, that's, they think they're being super self-aware and down to earth, but they're actually just doing the opposite. If I see one more actress on her Instagram stories, like in bed in her sweatshirt, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. Like telling yeah. me to do something, telling, like, I just, it's so funny to me because it's definitely- Just breathe. Like, yeah. Like just, I just want to make sure that everyone's taking care of themselves today. Like, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like it drives me crazy. But I love it at the same time. It's like I love yeah. cringe. I'm I, I love it. It's it's I like think, campy for me. I love it so much. I think the reason that I enjoy your parodies is because I mean, I think there can be a lot of parodies with a mean edge to them. And I think your parodies play both sides as far as like I really hate this wasp mom, but at the same time, I kind of love her and maybe am her too because mm -hmm. she's on the verge of a mental breakdown and so am I so I'm just like the uh, one of the videos that I rewatched recently was uh your friend who's re really in a good place right now uh-huh and uh <laughs> she's just having a glass of wine talking about her recent breakup the guy is now yeah. married with kids and she's like I'm in a really good place uh -huh. but I don't think it's over. You know, I'm just like, I'm like, oh my God, there, yeah, there I am like writ we're large. all that person. Yeah, no, yeah. we absolutely are all like, I, I've been that person where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. They don't seem happy. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm, I don't know about that. Mm, he seems like he's not doing well. And he, like, he's thriving, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's doing just fine. One of your favorite topics that's close to our heart on this podcast is women in film. And yes. you do such an amazing job of parodying the roles that women are given on the silver screen. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wonder if you could talk about that, where it comes from. It's one of my favorite things you do. 
Thank you. Um, yeah, it's just a video that popped in my head. My boyfriend and I like to watch a lot of dick flicks because it's just fun. It's fluffy. And by dick flicks, I don't mean porn. I mean like you mean like uh, Fast and the Furious. Yes, 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 yes. But I, I, I think I had just watched like I think it was like San Andreas or something starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Carla Cucino. I think that's how you say your last name. And the entire movie, she's like. What do we do now? And it just blew my <laughs> mind and I kept seeing it. So, you know, I, I just feel like we see that all the time and it's, it's so crazy to me. And so I just made that video and then that spawned all these other tropes that I see in movies that I can't stand. Like how women are written in every war movie where it's like right. for Sutler, like justifying, like you go fight. And like the only time you see a woman is if she's either taking care of a baby or taking care of the lead character and like literally put on any war movie. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I just think it's so interesting. Also, I was talking to my boyfriend about this last night, like in commercials, for example, during the day, they have all these commercials for like breakfast food, house products like medicine for sick kids because they think that a bunch of women or housewives are sitting at home watching TV. And then at night the commercials change to like cars or like movies or, you know, streaming services because some form of Viagra, right. Some form of Viagra. But if you see any commercial of a cleaning product where there is a man in the commercial, it's, um, uh, it's a man who's at home. He's a dad. Let's say he's with his daughter or his son and the daughter or son, they're going crazy around the house. And the dad, the man is like really overwhelmed and doesn't know what to do, but thank God for Tide. Right. And it's so weird. Cause it's like, why can't you just show a man who's capable of housework? You know what I mean? Like you're always showing the man who's like, I don't know what to do. I'm home alone with the kids. The wife is gone. And it's like, (laughs) no, like there are men out there that are good partners that like hold it down. They know what to do. And in every cleaning commercial where there's a man, they're like overwhelmed and don't know how to do laundry. Like every single one. It's so weird. I've witnessed that in real life, but I I also know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's just so, it's so crazy. The, uh, you point out a lot, the fact that, as you said just now, like women have this supporting role to main characters. They are always like, I'm here to listen. I promise you won't find out anything about me. Mm -hmm. And they also, in in films where they have power, it's because their dad yeah. was a scientist before they were a scientist. And yeah. so, you know, she can't or, have or they're or they're like really gritty and have like a shitty personality, or they're like really unlikable. Where it's like, right. oh, the reason that they got to this place in their career where they do have the power is because they're a bitch. You know, it's this weird, <laughs> like they can't just be like you know, kind or loving or like wear a dress or like, it's like they're, they always have to be like this gritty female who's like, I'm an exception to the rule. Like it's this weird, it's so weird. And it's every movie. It's every movie. One thing you talk about a lot is women and their roles as they are perceived 
But another thing that you are very passionate about, and I've been really glad to see and that I support on this podcast is vaccination. And as far as you are comfortable, I was wondering if you could talk about why it's so important for you that people are vaccinated and we're taking care of each other. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I've said a lot on TikTok and Instagram about like, at the end of the day, like I am not a doctor. I do not work for the government. I do not work for the CDC. I'm a comedian. So I'm just talking about how I feel. And if I decide to make fun of someone, then I feel like making like, it's, you know, I got so many comments on my anti-vaxxers in your DMs video on TikTok, like, wow, you're making fun of people. Like that's a way to get people to get vaccinated. And it's like, well, it's not my job to convince you actually. It's my yeah. job to make fun of you because yeah. that's what I do. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, for me, it's like, you know, my dad passed away in January and although he did not pass away due to COVID, that, that was a huge factor in his passing. That was a huge factor in us not seeing him for an entire year. The facility that he lived in being locked down because there were so many people that did have COVID. Half of his daughters not being able to say goodbye because they weren't able to travel to see him. Mm -hmm. You know, so you live your entire life. And this is my personal experience thinking that when your parent passes, when someone you love passes, it's going to go down the way that you think it's going to go down. You're going to have that time. You're going to be able to grieve. You're going to be able to have a funeral or celebration of life. You're going to be able to see them a lot or as much as you can and want to before they pass, we didn't have any of that. And I believe because I believe in like the power of love, like he diminished and passed a lot quicker than I thought he did because we weren't around him. So he started greatly deteriorating because he was not seeing his family. And, you know, there are so many other people who, who did lose loved ones directly because of COVID. And, um, you know, one of those people who wrote an incredible book about it, Amanda Klutz, um, lost her husband to COVID, Nick Cordero. He's a Broadway star. And if anyone, I think everyone should read, read that book because it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I had to drive 30 hours straight, uh, like across the country to say goodbye to my father. I was wearing a full hazmat suit, full PPE. Um, I could barely hold his hand. And it just made me think about all the people that don't care about that. All the people who were like, it's fine. It's just the flu. It's, it's, you know, big pharma. And it's for someone who went through such a crazy traumatic experience directly because of the pandemic, we could not say goodbye to my father in the way that we deserved to, because we had to be careful because so many other people were fucking up and not being careful. Like, that's, that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. So when yeah. I see people and, 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 and this is coming from someone who, who didn't have anyone in her family have COVID, thank God. But like we, our family was directly affected because of the circumstance and so many others were too. So when I see people saying that COVID is a hoax, when one of my closest friends, father died because of it, it just, it blows my mind. It really does. And if there's this opportunity that we have 
to really nip this in the bud and to get our lives back and to heal. Like I can finally throw a funeral for my father. Then like, you bet your ass I'm getting the vaccine. Yeah. And it's, I just, I, I think that people, it has become so heavily politicized and it's not a political issue and it's, you know, I'm not trying to get political, but Donald Trump has so much blood on his hands. Like he's the direct reason why people are questioning everything about science during this time. And I just like, please, if anyone is listening to this, please get vaccinated. You're going to be fine. It's fine. Just do it. Like it's, I just think it's very important right now. It's also a very divisive issue. And I get that. And I do understand There are a lot of people, and sorry if I'm rambling, there are a lot of people that are hesitant about stuff like that. You know, people in the Black community are constantly being marginalized and and pushed aside in terms of their health and their health insurance and their doctors. and, And that I do understand, and that needs to be talked about. But I just think that we all need to get on the same page. I'm going to second everything that you said on this podcast. We support vaccination. It is uh, Pfizer. Caitlin is now FDA approved. Yes, it Pfizer is. is. Yeah. Pfizer is now FDA approved. And oh, I was also talking to my Caitlin, who is my producer here as well. We have two. It's a, oh, a Caitlin heavy day. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for confirming. Yeah. It's FDA approved. So if you were saying that you were waiting on that, now here it is and you can yeah. do it. And it is not just a way of taking care of yourself. Let's say everyone around you is young and vital and healthy. That doesn't matter. It's not about you and your like close friend group. It's about us as a country and as a world. So please, please take care of yourself and take care of others. Wear masks when appropriate and get vaccinated, please. You know what I find? I find so interesting. And and this is like one of the big arguments is you know, people, someone who <clears throat> is pro-vaccination will say, for example, like, well, we all got vaccinated for polio and polio isn't a thing anymore. And then the counter argument to that is, well, you know, they had years to cultivate the polio vaccine. And it's like, well, yeah, but that was like 75 years ago. Right. <laughs> like we're in 2021 where our technology and our science is like, vastly more advanced than that time. So yes, we got to this way quicker than usual because we live in the future. You know, absolutely. It's just, I, I I could go on for hours about this and I don't want to, because I'm exhausted, but it's just like, it is, (laughs) it's so crazy to me. Just get vaccinated. (laughs) Fully second that. I fully second that. So Caitlin, you have been through the ringer when it comes to hustling, building an acting career, building a life, and you've done all the running in place. And I just wondered if you have any advice for young listeners who are thinking about launching their acting careers. As far as survival and as far as like doing the work, it's, you know, just make sure that you're taking the time to um, study it and figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are and putting in that effort. Um, You know, make sure you have money saved, make sure you're taking care of yourself, you know, but also, I mean, I'm, I'm still hustling. I'm not, I'm not at my end all be all, you know, like we're all still 
trying to make it happen. And I, I think like at the end of the day, all someone can really do is take care of themselves, like take care of their health and their mental health and be true to themselves. Never do anything that you don't feel is true to you or that makes you uncomfortable. I think that's the main takeaway. So you said you're not at your end all be all. What's something that you want to achieve coming up that you feel like should be on the horizon for you? Oh God, I don't know. I, I, I can't say, you know, I just, I think we, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. And do you know what? No Honestly, idea. I don't think you have to be, be able to answer that because your life has taken so many surprise turns. You never know what the surprise turn is going to be next. So right. sounds like exactly. all you want to do is just work and work and hustle until that next thing comes. Yeah. I just, I just want to be able to do what I love. You know, I just, I want to be able to stay true to myself and do what I love and make people laugh or make people cry. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I want to make people feel stuff. I I know that people will write into you and say how your comedy really brightened their pandemic and their pandemic moment. And it in this household, the Cracker Incorporated household, it's certainly did. Like it it means a lot to be able to have someone to laugh at, laugh with uh, during difficult times. So I just I just want to thank you and I want to encourage our listeners to go follow Caitlin Riley on Instagram. She's so hilarious and I won't put it in your comments, but I'm always I'm always waiting for what you do next. We follow you so closely. So we Aww. we can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Okay, Cradalina, that was our interview for today. And honestly, um, I thought of interviewing her and I'm so glad that I did because we watch her in this household I all the know, time. especially you. You are obsessed, obsessed. Also, I highly recommend, because I feel like you didn't bring this up, the Titanic one. Oh, girl in the club who can't stop talking about the Titanic because that's us. That's, that's basically us. us. I know about Titanic and about Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a good one. I liked hearing sort of her journey towards comedy, how she originally like thought serious acting, mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't like an automatic. I'm going to be a comedian. You know what I mean? It was right. sort of a, a journey to realize, oh, I'm funny. You yep. know? Yeah. Yeah, and that. It was her strength, and that's what she wanted to play towards. Yeah. And she had this, like, she had this moment where she's like, I'm going to be dramatic. But then yeah. she realized, like, oh, my gosh, I just, I'm going to do what I'm good at and what I love. And yeah. And that's yeah. going to be the path for me. Keith's the singer. Keith's the singer. <laughs> uh, anyway, enough about that. Everybody, I want to say this again. If you liked your time with us today... Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We love reviews. In fact, we love them so much, we're going to read some of our favorite reviews right here at the end of the show. Now, we don't have Except a review no, this we're week. Not, yeah. We don't have any. And um, that's we, on you guys. We yeah. need them. There's a <laughs> gaping hole in our hearts until you guys send us another review. And if you're too shy to write a review, just give us five stars because yeah, we love please, yeah. five stars. So, Caitlin, I guess that concludes our podcast for today. I guess it does. And you know what that means? Almost time for us to be asleep again. All, all right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm half asleep right now. Yep. But it's time for the, the credits. Oh, it's time for your favorite part. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs>
This podcast was produced by Caitlin Gretham, and then I did it. The cast includes me and also Caitlin, and it is distributed by the amazing Studio 71. So thank you for joining us today. Make sure to tune in next Monday for another exciting episode. And remember, if you ever feel down, Caitlin, Mm -hmm. all you have to do is look in the mirror and say, she's a woman. And I'll be with you. I like how you have your hand like in the air, like (laughs) we're harmonizing. Ooh, she's a woman. I'm I'm conducting us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a woman. <laughs> 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 With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.